Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins, and it's episode number 42. We're making history with this guest. More on them in a moment. Propertyofzack.com. Check it out. They've got all of the latest and greatest in anything that's happening within independent music, punk, hardcore, whatever you really like to call it, they're probably covering it. So check out their site, look at their features. You can get lost in there. You can spend a good hour and be like, wow, I am that much smarter because I read these new and current interviews and I know what's up with the bands and I've listened to some songs and all that stuff. Just become educated, aware of what's happening. Because, you know, we live in the information age, so there's stuff happening all the time. Stay on top of it with Property of Zach. And uh, a few other house-cleaning things, and then I'll uh, get into the other, the show, as it were. Um, Review the show. Go to iTunes. Drop us some stars. Drop us a review if you're feeling like you got two minutes to sort of type up uh, your thoughts in regards to what this show is and what it's about. Visit the website, 100wordspodcast.com. Obviously, you can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, yeah, you can find all that at the website, 100wordspodcast. I also post other fun stuff uh, in between the shows. Uh, that way, you're able to keep up on, you know, basically stuff I stumble across. And I'm like, you know what? This is cool. The listeners of this show would probably like it. That's exactly what goes through my head. So, anyways, the guest this week... Mish Wei from White Lung. A lot of people have written me and communicated with me that, hey, when are you going to have your first female on the show? Because, you know, let's be honest, within this scene, it's definitely a boys club. Um, obviously, it's changing over time, and it has been for the past, you know, 15, 20 years. But it's still a boys club. In any event... Uh, I was really excited to set this interview up because, um, I don't know, I just, if I don't know a person and I don't feel like I've got any immediate, like, you know, friend of a friend connection, I feel like it's like a, t- a total lost cause. <laughs> I don't know why my head always goes to that place of like, oh yeah, there's no way, there's no reason that they're going to want to come on this show and talk to me for an hour or so. Um, but so yeah, just through the publicist an email and uh, after a few more emails, I was talking to Mish on the phone. She's the vocalist for a band called White Lung, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I'd only become familiar with White Lung last year. And for those of you that are keeping score, you probably might have listened to the Best of 2012 podcast that happened, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, and it was uh, myself and one of my good friends, Joey. We love the record and uh, other people that I've shown the record to have had the same opinion. So... White Lung is definitely getting popular within the sort of, uh, I don't know, the, the, the fucked up world, so to speak, which is, you know, uh, indie rock in a way, but, um, you know, this band is definitely punk, hardcore-ish type stuff. Um, yeah, I recommend you listen to it. Um, listen to it before you do the interview, because that way it'll kind of uh, accompany everything. Um, but yeah, Mish was awesome. Like, she was just, uh, you know, very casual, cool. Um, this is the very first time I've ever spoke to her, obviously, like I was mentioning earlier. Um, but yeah, she was very gracious in her time. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was a little intimidated because 
I always get that way when I don't know a person and I'm just like, all right, hey, you're doing this. You know, essentially they're doing a favor. Um, of course, an interview is fun to a certain extent. And that's obviously what I want to ultimately make it for people. But, you know, so I'm always nervous when I'm like, hey, person I don't know. Hopefully you're comfortable enough to not give me soundbite after soundbite. Because obviously if you want that, you can look anywhere else. But, um, yeah, she did not do that. And, um, yeah, without further ado, here's the show. And I'll talk to you after. I like to be the first. Right. And also, you could be doing Breaking Another Rule because I'm also a journalist and I also have my own podcast. So, Oh, you, I didn't know that you had a podcast as well. I do, it's on Vice. It's called Delicious with Nish. It started off as a joke because I said to my editor, I'm like, I want to do a sex and music podcast. Right. And now it's a podcast about interviewing like people. But yeah. But anyways, yeah, I have one too. I'll send it to you. I I would actually really enjoy that because uh, I am I just love this medium just because obviously sure. it's uh you know it's fun for people to express themselves in a non soundbite fashion I mean you know you're a, a freelance writer you know the deal <laughs> yeah you know it's fine it's really good and I like how much control there is it, yeah for own, sure. I mean, no, totally, totally. But yeah, so I appreciate it because there was obviously no reason for you to do this beyond just like, oh yeah, that sounds fun. So good job. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Usually I like, I like to start things off with just like my own personal experience with, you know, how I was introduced to your your own musical uh, talents, sure. so to speak. <laughs> the Because mm-hmm. uh, it was one of those things where, I mean, I followed Durange Records for a while and know what they put out, but um, yeah. it's... It, it, I wouldn't say it's hit or miss for me, but I don't pick up every single release. And so, no, of course not. Even though that's kind of, you know, there are labels where you're like, Oh yeah, if it comes out on this label, I'm pretty sure it'll be good. Um, Mm -hmm. and deranged is usually that label. Um, but so anyways, just a friend of mine saw you guys up in Seattle and he was just, it was one of those just random emails he sent like, Hey Ray, I think you may enjoy this band. Just like total, like no context for it. Just kind of dropped it off. And so yeah. it just happened to hit me at a time where I was like, oh, sure, I'll listen to this because I don't have anything to do for these, you know, like two mm-hmm. minutes. That, <laughs> And so I listened mm-hmm. to it and it, it, um, it was so like immediately visceral where I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Why have I not heard of this up until this point? Uh, and this, this was like, or, you know, basically like I want to say about a month after Sorry came out. Oh, okay. Um, and so it, uh, I don't know. It was just something that was so, uh, honestly, like it reminded me of the first time that I heard Pretty Girls Make Graves, where, like, the first EP that came out, where it was just so, um, it was obviously aggressive, yet it was poppy, yet it had sensibilities beyond just like, okay, we're just a punk and hardcore band. There was just like so much mixed up in it. So, anyways, what I'm trying to say is good job. Thank you. <laughs> um, but does it, do you ha- do you find people having that reaction where it's like they first find out about you know White Lung just randomly and then they're like, oh wow, like immediately they're either turned on or turned off by it? Um, we've had like I find there's been a lot of positive response. I don't. I feel like if someone didn't like it, they wouldn't bother saying anything, That's or maybe true. they would, but like I wouldn't hear it personally. Right. 
But yeah, this record is done really well for us. And it's funny that you use the Pretty Girls Make Graves reference because I hate that reference more sure. than anything. I'm glad, I'm glad I brought it I up. And not anything keeps her banned. It's just that, like, I don't think that's the one reference. And there's also another reference we get that I don't think, like, but that's the beauty of, you know, taste and, like, just listening to things because, you know, I can listen to... American snakeskin and think that it sounds like gun club. And then they're like, no, we don't sound like gun club. Right. But you know, that's just the way it is. But anyways, I just had to point that out. No, no, that's, that's fine. I mean, yeah, you always put yourself out in the limb when something reminds you of something. And then the person who's actually creating something is like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, I, no, we, that's not our frame of reference. Not saying that you, that's, that's, that's just the way it is. Like, it's, it's totally fine. You know, like I used to get really upset when, or not upset, but be think it was lazy journalism when people would compare us to Bikini Kill. I'm like, I love a Bikini Kill. Right. I actually just did an interview with Toby Vale, and she said some of the nicest things that anyone has ever said about me personally wow. in print, and she's been a follower of us forever, I think. Their mm-hmm. band is incredible. But I was like, that's lazy journalism. Like, we don't sound, like, the music doesn't sound like... 90s riot girl music like well maybe i have those tendencies within me but you know so it's so particular right and i think that's always a battle between like the artist and the journalist Uh. and i kind of internalize that battle too because when i write about other bands i'm like oh i don't want to like right (laughs) well yeah no i'm like i know what it's like totally well you're i i think i mean you're coming from the perspective of uh you are extremely self-aware when it comes to obviously what you do as a profession and then obviously the, you know, the, the art that you make outside of the yeah. writing that you do. So you're just like, wait a minute, should I do this? Should I say this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a funny thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But anyways, the records, I don't know. It's been really good and people have been really enjoying it and it's done really well. So I'm happy. We're starting to like work on new songs now. So I'm just trying to top sorry and make another, really good record yeah well that's it i I think that's what that's what you're supposed to do right yeah (laughs) you're not doing that then you're just going backwards and what's the fun in that no not fun at all um so were you like born and raised like you i mean from vancouver were you born Uh and raised there or where did you uh where'd you where'd you grow up born in north van and I grew up there, and so did our drummer, Anne-Marie. She also was born in North Van, but we were, like, went to different... We were both grew up in different areas, so I didn't actually meet her till I was, like, 20, mm-hmm. 21. Um, and then I, like, right after high school... Well, I had this friend who I became friends with in grade 12, and she played in a band, and I thought she was just so cool, and she kind of introduced me. She was the one that, like did the thing where they, they, you know, she shows you a good record and the light goes off in your head. And you're like, Oh, this is the music I've been looking for forever. Thank God it exists. Right. And then I, um, after high school, I went to Victoria, which is like the Island of Vancouver to of go to course. school. And I hated it. Right. Oh well that, the, I mean, so for, for my, my own personal impressions, like uh, I toured for a while and played a few shows in Vancouver. I was actually, yeah. I was actually shocked at how, and granted, of course, these are the areas that, you know, most punk slash all ages clubs are, are usually in the shitty areas. But yeah, of course. so like, I was just shocked because obviously you hear a lot about Vancouver being so beautiful. And then, yeah, like you mentioned Victoria Island, like, oh my God, you know, that's like where you mm-hmm. go. It's beautiful. And then when I went to Vancouver, I was like, hey man, it's kind of a hellhole. Like there's a lot of shitty 
places around here. Is there uh do you find that juxtaposition funny? Like you notice it, I'm sure. Um, yeah, and like there's some really seedy elements of Vancouver, but you know, we have like a really high um homeless and street population here because it's the most mild city in Canada weather wise, like it makes sense to be here. Um but our like I feel like the 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 parts of Vancouver like that right now are kind of being washed away. Like there's a lot of condo development coming in and there's a lot which is posing a huge problem for us. Like just this week it was announced that all Asia shows couldn't be done won't be able to be done at liquor licensed venues anymore, which means where the hell are they gonna happen? And then also just today one of the like city's biggest hotels that hosts like everything from bands, out of town bands, DJs, like screenings um it's this huge multiplex club called the waldorf just actually announced that it had been bought and is going to be changed into a condo which is kind of the problem in vancouver like we just lost our jam space you know Mm -hmm. like it it sucks like it's funny because rolling stone just actually interviewed me about this too like they were doing this piece on vancouver music scene and how like the real estate is affecting the creativity in the city because there are no spaces for us to do anything really anymore mm-hmm. and i don't really know how i feel about it yet yeah you're still um, in the middle of it yeah but it's like vancouver's funny that way like i feel like everyone's trying to like wash away all the 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 seedy darkness of Vancouver and make it really the pretty thing that everyone thinks it is. And it is like, there's beautiful, there's city, forest, beach, mountains. It's beautiful. Right. Yeah. I think it's important to keep those elements. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's always tough when you have a city that, um, you know, is large and somewhat expansive to be like, all right, you know, these are the areas in which we'll keep all of the degenerates and here's all the areas where all the tourists need to go. And it's like, once once people figure out a way to expand those nice places that make money, then that's obviously when you get the problems that you're running into currently. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the, the city that you were born in, what was the name of it again? Here, Vancouver, but I was born in North Van. Oh, okay. I, Vancouver, I, I, which it, just means closer to a mountain. That's all that means. Okay. Like, I grew up closer to a mountain. <laughs> got it, that's got it. That's all it means. And now I live in the city. <laughs> and then, so anyways, and then I, like, lived here. I've always kind of lived here. I lived in Holland for a bit. I went and studied there for, like, a year and lived there. And mm-hmm. and honestly, like, if I didn't tour and travel as much as I did, I probably couldn't have this as a home base because I'd still be bored. But the people in Vancouver are really great. And so, yeah, I've always lived here. And it's a it's a good home base. Sure, me. sure. You feel, you feel the attachment to it, and it's obviously where you've planted your, quote-unquote, roots. Mm-hmm. Um, so like coming like you mentioned a little bit ago where you were saying when your friend that was a senior in high school kind of you know blew open the yeah. doors for independent music um, how so were you were, were you senior year as well or were you um, yeah younger? I was like we were both in grade 12 mm-hmm. we started being friends in grade 11 and yeah she like she had a band and she would take me to shows and she kind of taught me i remember like i going going over to work on some project at her house and we would just end up listening to music for like the whole time and i'll always be indebted to her for like kind of you know showing me good stuff because i i didn't i didn't know like i had the stuff that my dad listened to like old them records and stuff but Mm -hmm. like i didn't you know have any access to anything other than what was on the radio and then 
she really opened those doors. And once you get into that, you know, you know, you get so excited and then you just want to discover more and more and more. And it's like this obsessive thing and you just, you know, and then I started playing guitar and I started, um, cause I was like an athlete my whole life growing up. I was like a competitive figure skater. So my entire life was like sports. And then did you, you know, do, I, uh, was, was that at behest of your parents? Like, did they, uh, obviously did they introduce you to it and you started um, doing it? And... I don't like, it's not, my mom rode horses and did ballet. I don't even know why I started skating. I just really <laughs> liked it when I was a kid and then yeah. I just got good at it and that just kind of became what I like to do. And, and then I, I'd always been musical though. I'd always done like sang and, you know, done like plays and been a bit of a, like an attention whore child right. in the spotlight in some capacity. <laughs> right. Were, were you, yeah. were you an only child as well? No, I'm the oldest of four. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I yeah. can, I can no, see Not that. an only child. A bit of a black sheep, but not an only child. <laughs> right. So what did your, uh, as you were growing up, what did your, uh, what did your parents do for a living? Um, my dad, well, my parents have this, like, it's funny, actually, wait long, we always talk about this, because all of our parents in the band are all still together, which is super that weird. Is, that is not happen. <laughs> Isn't that weird? All yeah. of our parents are still together and, like, super happy, which is just, we're all like, that's fucked up. Like, that doesn't happen. No. Um, but I mean, my parents. Yeah, especially from, like, the context of, I mean, because obviously a typical sort of, like, you know, like, punk kid experience is like, yeah. oh, yeah, my parents get divorced. Like, fuck my parents. And, like. No, we don't. We're, like, so opposite that we don't know where our anger comes from. <laughs> but, um, Yeah. I don't know, my parents have, like, this really tragic love story, and it's, like, they're just so happy, and so they've given me, like, a pretty ridiculous idea of romance to live up to. Right, right. But, yeah, my, da- my dad uh, worked at, has worked at the same company for, like, you know, 30 years, uh-huh. and um, my mom was a stay-at-home for a while, and she worked in and out of, like, different stores and stuff. So. Sure. Well, if she's raising yeah. if she's raising four kids, obviously, that's a pretty full-time and job. And three dogs. Four oh. kids and three dogs. That's a, that's more, that's, that's like two families. I know. <laughs> I, pretty I, good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. So, do you think the, um... I think it's funny that obviously you recognize the fact that like, oh yeah, I needed, I needed attention. I needed to, you know, people oh, to yeah. look at me in some way, shape or form. Um, oh, yeah. Well, and obviously, oh, and yeah, and f- I mean, figure skating fall. I mean, that's not a team sport. You were obviously center stage. Yeah. And it's like a weird sport because it teaches you to like internalize blame as well. And like, you know, it's a very like, it's, a feminized individual sport and so it teaches you a lot about like discipline and blame and and how because you know you're 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 marked on like the way that you appear on the ice as well as the things you can do on the ice so right. there's like a lot of interesting like gender things that come come in with that and i learned a lot of skating i'm glad i did it but you know it's never gonna keep and we're going to be an Olympic champion. Right. Well, that, and that's kind of the, the right. That's, and that's kind of the course. Like you either, I mean, it's not like, you know, whatever, you know, baseball, softball, whatever, it, like where you can kind of like, Oh, maybe I'll go to college and do this. It's like, you know, you're figure skating. You're either going to do it like for fun for a few years or you're going to become an Olympian. Like there's no real no middle, really middle course. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But anyway, so I did not become an Olympic champion. Right. <laughs> That's why we're talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have a lot more difficulty accessing an Olympic champion <laughs> for a podcast. Yeah. I think it'd be a little harder than some 
crummy punk, but <laughs> yeah, know. exactly. Um, yeah. So you did the you your your high school experience, like the were you figure skating in high school as well? Yeah, but then I, you know, wanted to start having fun, right. <laughs> and you can't have fun when you're training every morning before school and training every day after school and you want to go out with your friends and get drunk and make out with boys and sure. try psychedelic drugs and be a little shit. So that right. doesn't exactly align with the story of becoming an Olympic athlete. Right. So, you're not you're not going to bed at three in the morning and then waking up at no, five to go train. I chose the fun route right. instead. <laughs> so as you were uh I, was your high school experience like obviously you can develop people into archetypes and groups like you know where did you find yourself sort of fitting into the high school experience and did you did you enjoy it at all um i don't know like i i think i don't know i i guess like it was fine <laughs> it wasn't like i really don't think about that part of my life that much right it wasn't a huge thing sure you know, and like I was always loud, but I was nice to everybody, and mm-hmm. you just kind of—I don't know. Like I'm not really connected with anyone still from high school. I have one friend that I'm still really close with, and she's now she was in New York now, and she works for Warner Brothers Entertainment, and we're still really close. Mm-hmm. And um, my first boyfriend, who I knew in high school, who I didn't start dating till after now, he lives in the UK and he's doing his master's in painting there. And I still am close with him because we dated for like six bajillion years. Right. Um, but that's about it. <clears throat> sure. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I like high school is fun. I know friends with like the, the cool girls, but I never really felt like I fit in that well with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then I, as I said, found the music thing and felt a lot more secure in myself so right that 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 sort of flipped a switch within you where it's like oh this is what i was looking for yeah exactly um and so what 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 was your initial exposure like you know what was your because i like you said you music was always kind of part of your life like i mean you had but you hadn't picked up guitar like you were saying until that sort of I got introduced, like, you know, you start off and I got introduced to, like, as I mentioned before, Bikini Kill and the Misfits and the Pixies. And mm-hmm. then from there you find Breeders. And then I found Hole and my entire life flipped around. And I was like, oh, my God. Right. And Babes in Toyland and all that 90s shit. Right. Just, like, <laughs> Dude, totally, <laughs> totally spoke to me. Babes in Toyland. I haven't heard that reference in a while. Spectacular. Oh, reference. I love Cat Balin. I think she's incredible. That band's amazing. And, like, so those, those, the, the strong women and saying like always really to me was so impactful like L7 and that whole scene of 90s women that were just Jennifer Harema you know like Christina Martinez from Boss Hog like all those people that I just were like oh my god they're so cool right so I got into like a deep spiral of that but Courtney was always my favorite Right, and was it? Spe- and, I mean, was, um, did it specific? Yeah, and then you know you find people that like those same things, and then you find the white person, you find Red Cross, and then it's just like this. Blah. And you know, I like didn't. I was like too young to have the internet access that there is now, so it was like a bit more of still like having to go and get CDs and records and start collecting that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, but yeah was obviously the main attraction, the fact you're just like, oh, wow, like these, the, was it, okay, was it the, the switch was flipped where it was like, okay, this is great music, 
and then oh wow it it does happen to be played by females like was that something that you were it specifically was, looking for or just kind of obviously yeah. was like awesome it was, that it's there I think for me it was more just like because I'd always been very interested in music and been musical and as I said like sang and done like theater things here and there whatever like enjoyed that but then I there was always a rule within those kind of things, like within school or whatever, like you have to sing this part correctly. You have to, you have to, you know, like sing in this, in this note has to be, you have to have this pretty much, you have to sing, you have to do it right. Mm-hmm. And then, so when I first heard like a woman like screaming, it was so amazing. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I can do that. Like, that's okay. Cause I never understood the, like that you could break rules like that, you know, and it would still be, um, admired and accepted. And so I think for me, that was what was exciting was that it was like, there wasn't these, there weren't these rules that yeah. were resting it anymore. No, I like, I like the idea behind that where, because anybody, I mean, usually obviously when you're, you know, a kid in high school, it's like, the the model is you know to essentially try to be as perfect as you can like get straight yeah. a's and you know kind of do these things and then when you can once you figure out you can you know color out of the proverbial lines mm-hmm. i can see why that obviously you know it's like oh wow great like i don't have to be perfect and you know you're they're missing notes and they're not actually singing but they're still melodic <laughs> Yeah, and it was like totally amazing. It was like the the best kind of music, you know. It was exactly what I wanted to hear, and exactly what my myself at that time needed to hear to get inspired and to feel like, yeah, I can do this too. Right. So yeah, and um, and then I like played in some bands with my. I had a band with my ex boyfriend, which is how I met our bassist in White Lung, Grady. Mm-hmm. I met her through a friend, and she jammed with us a bit. And like this band I had with my ex boyfriend was like, you know, Joy Division esque, like weird. I played the fucking organ and the guitar. It was totally ridiculous. Right. <laughs> and then I kind of wanted to start my own thing that was a bit more exciting for me. And then I, I, you know, I met Anne Marie, and I met Grady, and um, I met our old guitar player Natasha. And, uh, they, they were people I knew that could play. And so we just started playing together. And then that was how White Lung kind of came around. Sure. Um, and the, <clears throat> so as you were um, starting to get into things that, I mean, I'm sure like you were saying that, you know, you were a shit in high school and you started to, you know, choose not figure skating and you started to decide <laughs> to have, to have fun. Um, I love how I mentioned figure skating in like whenever I do interviews and then I wish I hadn't. No, I know. So I, th- <laughs> it was, it was an easy, it, it was an easy in it was and a out. good one. But the, yeah. So once, once you started to realize, you know, your, your social life became more important. Um, the, you know, like, how are your parents reacting to that time where you obviously started to, you know, you were doing things that, you know, teenagers, quote unquote, shouldn't do. But then obviously, once you started to get into the whole independent music scene, I'm sure that was like, you know, how'd they handle that? Oh, I was not the favorite. <laughs> sure. Um, I was not the favorite ever. I was pretty, like, I always got good grades, which was kind of my saving grace. Mm-hmm. I was pretty smart. I got good grades. That was fine. But I had like, you know, I was not the best child. I constantly in trouble. And you also have to understand my brother, who is the only boy in the family, and he's a year and a half younger than me. Like my mother literally popped me out and then was pregnant with my brother the next day. Right. Uh, I don't know how she did it, but 
my brother was always really good. Like, my brother's in law school now. He's amazing. He's in law school, and he's done it all on scholarships, bursaries. Like, he has not paid a dime for his wow. law degree, which is incredible. He's that kind of person, though. Very type A, follows the rules, very good. And so, I, you know, like, he was kind of the proper older one because I, you know, I would have like a party and then he would come home and get mad at me and I'd be like, hi, I'm mushrooms crying. And like, <laughs> you know, it was just like, he was a good one. And so, yeah, I don't know. My parents, that's why I moved out when I was really young mm-hmm. because I was like, all right, well, if I want to do my own thing, I got to do it on my own dime. And like, I can't, you know, break my parents' rules time and time again. So I, I moved out right after high school and yeah, but yeah, now now we're good. Me well, yeah, they're yeah. they're happy now. But it's like, oh, pretty crappy. I'm sure that well, I'm... teenage girl isn't a piece of shit. Like we're the worst teenage girls. I remember a teacher telling me this. Grade nine girls are the absolute worst, and it's true. They are. Like when you're 14 and you're a girl, you're you're awful. Yeah, you're I... so awful. Oh my god, I can't I... imagine. No, I I mean I have I have like a year and a half year old son, and basically. Yeah, I, I I tell my wife constantly. I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm so fucking glad we don't have a girl because it's <laughs> it's it's so like that. Like you said, that age. I mean, boys obviously come with their you know their quote unquote issues. Yeah, their own their own set of problems. But um, yeah, it's like once you know because obviously, I mean, especially as a father, you look at the idea of like, okay, well, my girl is going to be in a burlap sack until she's 20 years old, and then. Only then maybe I will allow her to lay her eyes on a boy. Like, you know, it's just that, that whole mentality. The actual like, protection instinct, yeah. Of course, of course. But yeah, no, yeah, grade nine girls are shits. I think that's a, uh, I think that maybe that should be like an entry packet when you go to high school where it's just like, you know what? You think you're cool, but you're really not. You're going to, yeah, you're crappy. You're awful. You don't know anything. Right. So did they, did, did your parents understand the concept of you, um, starting to want to, you know, like play in bands and, and tour and like, was it, was it always that sort of like, oh wow, really? You're doing this now? Yeah. They were kind of like, okay. You know, like they, uh, my, my parents big thing was like, finish your degree. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I, it took me forever to finish university cause I was always working at least like three jobs while I was doing it. And, um, so it took me a long time. And then when I finally, I think we started touring maybe, maybe, oh yeah, you know, we did start touring during when I was in university because I missed my university graduation ceremony because I was on tour. Okay. We were playing with Pierce Arrows in Portland and I didn't want to miss it and my mom was so mad and I remember she was like, it's like your wedding, you yeah. like, it's not, it's not a big deal, it's a paper. Right. Um, They'll send yeah, it to no, me. My parents have always been pretty good and supportive, but now, you know, more so they're really excited because our band's doing good and I'm like supporting myself from it. And so they're like, they get it a bit more. You know how parents are like, you could have, you know, an amazing like review in, you know, Spin or Pitchfork or Rolling Stone, whatever, but like, say your name's in the local paper, they understand that so much more. Right. <laughs> like, so ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, world. no, my parents have always been really, really good. Um, they were like, you're doing your thing, go do it. And yeah, yeah. call us if you're dying, you know? <laughs> call, us, call us if you're dying or you need us to bail you out. <laughs> no, they wouldn't even do that. Like one time on a tour, I remember, I've said this before in interviews, but like I was so, so broke and so screwed and I called my dad to borrow a hundred dollars and he was like, it's your life. It's you <laughs> the fuck. 
And I was like, oh, my God, like just crying. But I'm glad he did that. Like my parents are really good that way. Like they're they're awesome parents. I'm very happy I have them. Yeah, no, well, that's cool because obviously it's like you've you've been able to balance out your, um, you know, I mean, obviously as you get older, you gain perspective and you're like, yo, okay, I see why they did that. That may have sucked at the time, but I see why they did that. Uh, um, yeah. and so what, what was the, I mean, so the first band that you ever played in was obviously like after you got out of high school and you started to go to university and stuff like that. Well, did, does the band have a name where you allowed to reveal that or is that too embarrassing? The one that I had with my ex-boyfriend or, or just, or just the, the first time that you like, you know, whatever the first time you played a show, like, did you, did you have a band I had prior? This, I had this band in university in my first year at Victoria, mm-hmm. um, that was really uh like ridiculous and we we kind of like changed names all the time i don't remember like one one name was like named after like a pixie song i think okay now it's really funny and then i had the band with the ex-boyfriend was called la sauterelle which is like means the grasshopper and it was named after um a farm okay and there's nothing of these bands like they didn't accumulate to anything white lung is kind of the first real band i've ever been in and Right, you like know, actually I, has something out that you can be like, hey, this yeah, isn't absolutely terrible. Made made a kind of like, you know. An impression. Yeah, like people listen to it. <laughs> right, right. Someone but, might show up at our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I just always find it, uh, people's experiences with their first bands usually pretty humorous because obviously they're either playing a very juvenile style of music that they're like, Oh yeah, we didn't know what we were doing, but obviously we wanted to play in a band. So we just threw this together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we used to like, I remember in the band I have with my ex-boyfriend, we would like record stuff at his house. And I remember he had just gotten pro tools and we were like so excited. <laughs> Dang everything in the shower. Cause he thought it sounded cool. And <laughs> You're like, like, dude, this sound, this, this is really funny. This, this, this is like natural reverb. It sounds just perfect. I know God. But anyways, that's, that's important. It's fun. Well, yeah, it, it's important. Obviously it gives you, uh, I mean, it well, it gives you a context for obviously when you actually do something you're proud of, you're like, Oh, I can compare it to something that I, was not very proud of in the past. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, and the uh, speaking more towards you know obviously Canada in general, I've always found it because obviously I mean I'm based here in California in America. Like as you well know, like you know there's no program to support the arts, <laughs> and I've always found it so interesting because I, I mean I've worked at labels prior to this, and like I've I've done a lot of different things and worked with bands in Canada where they've been able to. Um, you know, make music videos for free, (laughs) like through, you know, the factor grants and all that type of stuff. Um, For one, have you guys been able to utilize any of that? And two, is that something that you like, you're pretty proud of that your country does? Or is it one of those things that just like, oh, well, it's, it's cool, but we don't really do it. Yeah, it's good. Like, there's a lot of funding available. We're just kind of, um, there's some rules within the funding. And so we're just kind of starting to, we have this this guy that's been very helpful with us understanding how we can be eligible and get more funding. Right. Um, but yeah, but it's funny because a lot of the money does go to artists that don't exactly need it, like metric or like big bands like that. Right. But at the same time, you know, like it's pretty good that it even exists. Yeah. I just, um, I, I've, I always found it funny cause I, I worked with this band based in uh, Winnipeg, like to, uh, pop punk band uh, like mm-hmm. they were called burn the eight track 
Um, and they did, they used to be this band called Guy Smiley, who was whatever, like just total like fat records, epitaph, pop punk type stuff. But they, I mean, he was just the lead vocalist of the band was such an amazing grant writer that he got, I mean, he like yeah. over like $200,000 worth of videos produced for free. And I'm just like, I, what? Like that, there's yeah. no way that that could exist anywhere. I mean, especially in America, obviously other countries are progressive and have artist programs, but um, I just always, I've always found it so interesting. And, you know, when bands such as yourself are like, you know, obviously like on the up and up. And once you guys are starting to be able to like actually apply for those grants and get them, it's like, oh, that's great. It's super cool. Like we were just really unaware of it. And like, we're kind of maybe not like just being kind of naive about it like right. oh yeah well maybe we we can't get that so what well yeah we could have but i don't know why we didn't try but yeah grant writing is a very specific thing you have to be very good at it right and <laughs> then there's people you can hire that are really good at it and then you're guaranteed um but yeah no there's the that accessibility is like wonderful and or, or we live in a very nice country right <laughs> we, lots we, of nice things yeah and obviously it's like you always see with like, you know, I mean, the, the, you know, the Junos and like all the award ceremonies that are held up there. And like, obviously the music programming that's up there, they have, you know, a certain amount of airtime has to be dedicated to Canadian artists. And it's just like, right. you just see that. And it's like, oh, wow, I wish that America had something, you know, just a little similar to that, maybe, but obviously that's mm. not happening anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, know. It's your country, not mine. That's true. It's true. You, that's, that's why you live in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love America. I like your country. There's like, there's a, uh, yeah, we got some good things. You guys got some good stuff. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to come back to go back to the states in March, especially now that I am. We have our visas, so now we are. Oh wow! Allowed to come. I know we had to cancel our tour in December because our visas got all screwed up, and we can come over the border. But now we are officially allowed. Um, we would always sneak before, so that's a huge like weight off. That's the plus of having agents who are like, okay, right? Here's yeah. Real. I I remember when I got my first work visa to tour up in Canada. It was definitely like, because I I mean I I know it's just as as stressful for Canadians coming into America, but totally yeah. Like I just I've never I mean toured Japan, Europe, Australia, all those places. Like they don't give a fuck. They're like that's fine. Go ahead. But then yeah. Canada, it's like... Europe. Totally. Europe, same thing. Where it's like... But, the UK is kind of like Canada and North America, though. Like, the UK people are strict. We had to, like, get all these official papers to play, like, three shows there. Right. <laughs> what, what, then, what was your favorite... Um, what was your favorite lie that you ever uh, did in order to obviously come over to America? Well, okay. Well, we just, like, used to... This would be our thing. Okay. Because, you know... Kenny, obviously, one guy with three girls, right. he, he, we're all, like, at least six to eight years older than him. Like, what is this 22-year-old doing hanging out with these three witches? Right. So Kenny would take a bus, or Kenny would get over some other way, and then we would just go, and we'd pull the girl card. We're just going shopping for a couple days, like... You know, we all look relatively innocent. Anne-Marie would drive, our drummer, because she's the best with the mm -hmm. border. She's a very professional woman. Mm -hmm. And we would just totally pull the girl card, and it would work every time. Like, no problem. But one time, actually, I accidentally brought... Um, 
pot over mm-hmm. in my pocket because I was waitressing the night before when I used to be a waitress. And mm-hmm. there was this old guy at the bar that would always give me joints and I would just <laughs> shove them in my jean jacket pocket. And the next day we were going down to play some shows. Right. And I didn't realize I had like a bunch of weed in my pocket until we got to Olympia. And I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of serious. <laughs> yeah, so they don't like that. Deal, but here it's kind of a big deal. Thank God we were like, a bunch of girls in a rental car that looked like a police car, you know, like they didn't really question us, but right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty We never really had to make up any crazy lies. Like I've heard stories of, you know, people in having to walk through the forest because they couldn't get over and like all this crazy shit. Like we've always been pretty lucky. Yeah. I definitely Dress nice. Tell them you're going shopping. Perfect. You're oh, in. You're going to spend money in our country, not make it great. Come right. right on in, you know? Yeah. My, my favorite was definitely always the fake recording contract where it's just like, Oh yeah. yeah like we, or, or, yeah. or you have to, uh, you know, you're, if you're playing, you know, you cross through the Buffalo and Niagara border and you're like, Oh yeah, right. we're just driving over to Detroit. It's like, yeah. yeah. A week later. Or another, another good one that Anne-Marie's old band, Riff Randall's used to do would they would drive at night and they would dip in the States and say, well, we can't drive in Canada at night because there's a lot of wild animals and it's really dangerous. It is on certain roads, like Uh especially in the East coast and kind of in the middle of Canada, like there's a lot of moose and things like that. So this was like probably 10 years ago, but you could just dip in and drive through the States because it wouldn't be as, as bad. Right. And the border guards would totally accept that. I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. No one wants to get, yeah, perfect. we want you to be safe. Here you go. Wow. That's yeah, impressive. Never um, heard that one. That's so, good. Yeah. So we never really had to make up any, like any really, um, elaborate crazy. lies. <laughs> no, I think it's better not to, cause then you just gonna wedge yourself deeper into trial. You have no rights at the border. You don't have any rights. Yeah. You, know, you can follow the rules. It's bad news. No, it's totally true. It's totally true. Um, and, in one of my other first impressions about, um, you know, the, the music that you're creating currently was the fact that, I mean, obviously like, you know, three females in the band, like you were saying, it's like, you know, there could easily be the novelty factor. I mean, anytime a female plays in a band, it's always the novelty factor where it's just like, Oh, I'll listen, you know, I wow, this band has a girl screamer or this band has a girl guitarist, like, you know, but obviously from the way that the band was presented, it was never about like. Hey, we're girls. Like, check us out. Yeah. We're all right. Um, yeah. And I, I've always, I mean, obviously, I mean, coming from my own perspective, it's like I, I've never, um, you know, I, like you, were introduced to a lot of those bands in the early 90s. And I, I never had that connotation where it was like, oh, it's a girl and she's inferior and she can't really play music. Like, I never had that in my my purview. But obviously, a lot of people, I mean, that, mm-hmm. I know that's dying more so now that, that you know, pop music there's a lot of girls that are performing and doing that. But um, mm-hmm. I, I, obviously I just like the, I mean, I, I presume it was a very deliberate approach or it wasn't like, Hey, like let's make this a selling point of what it is that we're doing. Yeah, no, like it hasn't really, I don't know, even the name white long, I, I liked it because it wasn't gendered and there was no like, yeah. Just like your favorite, yeah. your favorite band, Pretty Girls Make Graves, right? Like it's yeah, just... yeah, like my my favorite band, Pretty Girls Make Graves, exactly. Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I I've kind of gotten a bit uh, labeled in the past little while as like because I do, I am like a feminist 
writer and and I right. talk about those kind of things very openly and there's you know it bleeds into my my lyrics which I think are pretty abstract like you know so that kind of has been put on us in more of a media sense which I'm totally fine with because I know how to like manipulate and handle that right but yeah but it was you know I I'm proud of the fact that I play with three really amazing musicians but it doesn't exactly matter to me, like if they they are uh, boys or girls or whatever. And, right. It just happened. You know, it like, just happened to be that yeah. this was the case, and this is the the pool of people you were friends with. That like, oh hey, wow, this can all come mm-hmm. together. But, and and on the other hand, like I'm really proud that like I have two of the most talented women I know playing with me. I'm so lucky to have like Grady as a incredible bass player and Anne-Marie is one of the hardest hitting fastest tightest drummers I think like going today and you know I'm really I'm really proud that they're women too and that they're totally amazing at their instruments and I'm really proud Kenny is a man yeah (laughs) yeah no it is important I think it's important because when I was little like it it made a difference for me to see women doing something you know because like the music industry can be pretty sexist. Like, it's changing. Everything can be sexist if you fucking dwindle it down to that. But right. also, you could just be like, fuck it and move along, you know? Right, right. Well, I think I think it's important, too, because obviously when you're young and impressionable and you're getting into things, like, no matter what it is, if you're finding, you know, <laughs> if you're finding a, a style of music that is interesting and then you have people that are either your gender, your same philosophical views like you know you'll gravitate yeah. towards that because you're like oh wow that's cool like they're kind of just like me yeah. right <laughs> yeah exactly like you just it, it's important to have those connections and yeah it's good i know like there's yeah it's, it's important it's good right do you find like the because i'm i'm trying to get a sense of obviously like who's coming to your guys's shows because i have yet to you know you have you played california yet Oh yeah, that's what I thought, but I just lots, haven't. Lots I've, of times. Well, I've I've been out of the know and I haven't come seeing you guys play. But if you just found our record, don't worry. No, we'll I know. Be there in March, we're playing. Where do you live exactly? I live I live just outside LA, like the Orange County area. You yeah, well, are playing the echo. This is not announced yet. Okay. But... Well, I I won't be posting this for another yeah like four weeks or so. So we'll we'll Perfect. The, yeah. So we're playing. It will probably be announced by then. I don't care. I'm just gonna say it. My I can get in trouble. I don't care. We're going to play at the Echo on like the 7th of March or something. So you'll have to come. Oh, nice. Of of course I will. um, Are you guys, are you guys coming out with anybody? We're coming a lot. It's like on our way to South by Southwest. And we have to do some other festivals on the way to, um, we're actually going to be playing with our dear friends, New Sensei, because we're both kind of making our way down to South by. And I think like there's some few LA bands that we'll be playing too, but, Nice, very cool. Well, yeah, the Echoes is Echoes a perfect venue. Yes, it's a good place. So. The but yeah, yeah, we so, have been in California. Sorry, I distracted you from your question. No, 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 that's completely fine. This is information for me. I'm I'm selfish, and I like to find out things. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so like you know, who's coming to your shows? Like, do you see it being you know an interesting mixture of because an interesting mixture of people who are obviously into sort of, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, whatever the, the quote unquote riot girl experience. And then obviously people who are into like, you know, punk and hardcore, is it this kind of like mm. hodgepodge of people or do you find it sort of leaning more towards one thing where it's like, Oh yeah, this is still kind of a, you know, a punk yeah. show. I think it depends more on the city. Oh, okay. 
Um, and yeah, I think it depends a lot on this on where we are in mm-hmm. on the uh, in North America. Um, and you know, these next two upcoming tours are going to be. Um, I think I'll, we'll see a lot of a difference. Sure. We haven't. Like the last tour we did in the States was in the summer, in like June, and we had to miss it, and then we went to Europe and UK in the fall, and so we haven't been back to America since since the summer. Um, so Yeah, it'll be pretty telling for yeah, you Yeah, like I always see, it's, it depends on the show, it depends on who we're playing. Like I, we have like a, such a nice wide range of fans, I feel like. Right. Um, and I don't really know, like I'm, I don't really keep my eyes open that much. Right, right. Yeah. You're not, you're not taking a census at the show. You're not taking a focus group, like an no, exit No, I'm survey. not doing a focus group. Surprisingly not. Um, that sounds but, so weird. And also I'm really bad because I never sit at the merch table. Kenny always does that or Grady. I never do it because I'm really bad at it and really <laughs> not good at keeping things organized. I just get frustrated. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you're like, you, you can do your thing. I will not touch the merch. <laughs> I suck at it. Um, like give everything away for free and like right. i'm just i'm bad I'm right you're you're like you're like taking care of one person every 10 minutes and there's like a line of like 30 behind that's like yo come I'm on like talking and giving shit away and just, <laughs> Ooh, like, sure. like i'm just forget it it's stupid what what was your uh what was your trajectory going to be like i mean as you're you know going through university and like obviously if the band wasn't as important as it is right now you know where where you know, it was the whole like sort of freelance writing thing, just a byproduct of what it was you were doing musically, or was that something you're like, you know what, I really would like to do that. Um, it kind of happened. Well, as I said, I had, I got my degree, my degrees in like gender studies and communications. Mm-hmm. When I finished. I was working. I was working for a women's organize, like a women's shelter organization here, volunteering with them. I was waitressing, doing all this shit, and I always really liked writing. And so I was writing this blog that's no longer around, but mm-hmm. it was like doing pretty good. And then I, um, I started writing for this one New York publication called Hardy magazine. And mm-hmm. then someone at vice records, like their record. And then somehow my blog got passed to one of the editors there. And then I started writing for vice and then it just kind of like snowballed. And then I was writing more and more and, and then in my head at that same time, the band was kind of touring a lot and getting, doing more. And I was like, all right, you know what? If I'm going to do this music thing, I need to find a career where I can actually do both simultaneously and mm-hmm. they connect and they make sense because I will be fucking damned if I finish up with music because we all know music is an expiration date depending on what you're doing. Of course. You know, you got to think like that. So I was like, okay, i got to find something that can work with it that I still love to do and I love to write. And so I just worked really hard at, being able to do both those things. And now like, that's my job is I play music and I write and I'm, you know, really, really happy doing that. It's great. Cause I can do it on the road and I can, and I get a lot of work done. Right. And, well, okay. and I'm already doing other work with, you know, being on tour. So I did it. It was strategic. Like I did it on purpose. You know, right. I, I have a plan. I'm, I'm quite disciplined, but yeah. So that was kind of the point because I was like, Oh, I just don't want to have to like, you, you know, don't you don't want to have you know, to like in between in between tours you don't want to have to go home and obviously like grind it out at some you know bagel shop for you know two just months be and rude like just not know like what to do and I and I was like the writing thing was kind of doing okay and I just kept getting more jobs and it was working and then you know so I was like okay well 
And I, I, I love, I love writing. I love it. Like it's being a freelance writer is ridiculous because basically I've given myself homework for the rest of my life. Which of course. Is so dumb. But <laughs> you've given yourself deadlines and word counts. Yeah, but like I wouldn't trade that for you know going in and having to work at an office or whatever. Like you know I can't get hired in an office or anything like that. I'm leaving two months. There's like you know there's no. No one wants to deal with that. So it was perfect. The, the things, they, they aligned. Right, right, right. right. Well, and, that, and that, like you, I like the fact that you you had the wherewithal because, they, like you said, you're, you're disciplined and calculated. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, especially within this, you know, independent music community, it's like, um, obviously, the prime time to tours, you know, 17 to 25. Like, that's kind of the age where it's like, all right, you know, I don't have too many responsibilities. Like, you know, yeah. I kind of I fuck off and do what I want. But, yeah. um, you know, I think that's like, that's the perfect time where you can start to figure out, like you did, where how those two worlds aligned, where it's just like, all right, mm-hmm. how do I, what do I enjoy doing? And how do I make money off of it while still simultaneously being able to do what it is, you know, exploring what I'm doing musically yeah. or whatever? Um, well, and just I always like in my head. I I did I played in a band because I liked it and I like going on tour. And you know, your first couple tours, you don't make any money. No, you it know, was- you're like okay. And so, and I was like, you know, I got like this. Obviously, I can never rely on this. Like, I'm never going to rely on music um, like that. So I got to find something else that I enjoy just as much. That's a bit more realistic as a career. Right, right. Well, and, and I and I think it's so funny because I I don't think that that I think that mentality. Um, while I'd like it to be more widespread, it just doesn't seem to exist. Like you know, a lot of people aren't realistic about the fact that you know, even if they are in a successful band, it's the fact that like you know, the, there's there's realistically a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not going to be pleasant when it comes and hits you, and you're not prepared in any way, <laughs> and it's like. I just see yeah. so many people like those just, I don't know whether it's illusions of grandeur or they just, um, they like, they don't, like you said, the discipline to understand that like, okay, I need to figure out something like, cause I mean, so many bands like, you know, especially within this whole, this, this whole, you know, whatever, like warp tour community where it's like, they come, they come up with a business plan first and then they come up with a manager they come up with a booking agent and then they come up with the music. And then here is the way that our band will be presented. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. essentially like, you know, an, a boy band in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um, but then obviously it's just like, you know, that, that can only last for so long. And then what are those, you know, 22 year old kids with neck tattoos and hand tattoos going to do? Um, <laughs> you kind of, you just, you just wonder where it's just like, Oh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wish that, I wish that value was promoted a little bit more where it's just like, okay, like, you know, you can still have all these tattoos, but you can probably do something else with your life besides just getting up there and playing guitar or whatever. At least. Yeah. I like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm like, I'm pretty hard on myself and maybe I was like a bit strict to be worrying about those kind of things. Sure. Always worried about money. It's so stupid. Right. Well, you're, 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 I mean, that obviously came from somewhere. I mean, you moved out when you were young and you had to worry about it then. So what better time than that time to worry about the rest of your life, right? (laughs) Yeah. But you know, those people, like I have those friends who like, you know, they're like not working for a couple months and somehow they just make it by and it's all fine. And I'm like, how can you live like that? I would be so stressed out all the time. I would be 
crumbling shell of a human, freaking out. Right. I don't know. I'm pretty... (laughs) My boyfriend always makes this joke that, like, there's the, like, Mish that is on stage and is crazy and that people think, and then there's, like, the super strict, like, straight-faced person at home. (laughs) You're like, this is... It has to be regimented. It has to fit in some sort of compartment in order for me to understand. No, I'm just like... I don't know, I don't want to ever be, like, stuck, you know? Yeah. And I like being busy, and I like working. Right. <laughs> you want to you have... have well, and, and I think, uh, you know, sort of to wrap this all up in some cohesive manner. Yeah. I, I think the... I think something that is, honestly, very indicative of the, you know, independent music community is that, you know, people do spin, like, ten plates at a time, you know? Like, they're, they are trying yeah. to be active in many different ways and whether that yeah. is you know whether that is discipline whether that is you know ADD whatever you'd like to call it um i think that's you know that's something that is unique in in independent culture in general and that that could be like you know stand up comedy or it could be playing in bands yeah. um but i mean the i think for i mean just in hearing what, how you're describing it um you know, it was, it, it seems like it's obviously out of fear where it's like, I, I don't want to be, you know, caught with my pants down, so to speak. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. Like I, you know, you just want to, I don't know. I just, it's good to feel like everything's kind of good, you know, like I don't, I don't know how we got on this, but yeah. But yeah, it's good. It's good to spin a bunch of plates. I think it's good to work. It's good to keep busy when you're bored. Otherwise, you know, who wants to be bored? Right. Well, and plus, and plus for you, you're able to express yourself in different avenues that you might not be able, you know, lyrics that you would write for White Lung might not live in, you know, one of the pieces that you write for, you know, Vice. Exactly. One is very like, you know, being on stage and performing, you know, and writing lyrics is a completely different bag than sitting down and writing like a, a piece about whatever. I choose to write about, you know, it's like come two different sides and I get to express them both. So it's really, it's really nice. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's good. You know what? It sounds like you have your shit together. You've got, uh, you know, your next 10 years planned out. Um, I don't need, yeah. to, I don't need to check in on you for a while. Um, no, I'll be okay. Don't worry. <laughs> no, yeah. well, that's cool. Well, I, honestly, I do appreciate you obviously taking the time to yeah. uh, do this because, uh, I enjoyed, no problem. I enjoyed myself and I hope the, uh, the general internet will enjoy it as well. Me too. Thanks for talking to me. Sweet. So that's what's up. That's Mish. And uh, yeah, she's awesome. I'm looking forward to see the band when they come through. And I think if you are in any of those general areas that they're playing, you should go see them as well because I have a feeling it will be quite a spectacular show. Visit propertyofzack.com, 100wordspodcast.com. And uh, until next week, be safe and uh, enjoy whatever it is you're doing. I know that's very general, but, you know, I can't get too specific. See you guys.